Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner in crime for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, your vocation, your spiritual life, or maybe your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Well, hi, I'm Tracy Reynolds, and I'm here with my buddy, Chris Maxwell, and this is Next Step Leadership. What a joy and a privilege it is to have this conversation with you, Chris, my buddy. Thank you, Tracy. Well, you know, last time we were together, we kind of reversed the roles a bit, and and I kind of interviewed you and ended the broadcast, and it was a little weird, so we thought, well, let's just pick up from that, because we've been talking about mentoring, we've been talking about um, peace, And we want to go back and talk again because it's really the same topic about pouring our lives in the next generation or mentoring or coaching or discipling, whatever you want to call that. But what are some things that we have learned from those who've poured into us that perhaps we can uh, also be intentional about in our mentoring role with other people? Remember Joe Swales? Oh, do I? That's one guy who mentored me when I was in high school. And, you know, all the issues you go through in high school. And then as I was learning what it's like uh, to try to live for Jesus and still have evil desires and all those battles that, that you face. And then uh, my mom's struggle with cancer and, and me just uh, learning my, my biblical understanding and doctrinal beliefs. One of the best things I can remember about Joe Swells is he mentored me by being with me, spending time with me through every journey, every part of the journey, the joyful yeah. seasons and the painful seasons, those exciting, thrilling moments. In those times, I just had questions. And yeah. many times, Joe did not answer my questions, Tracy. He just listened. He mm. smiled, that, that old Joe Swell smile. And he would laugh and giggle and he was with me when I needed him to be there. Yeah, I, I like to think of that as a ministry presence. And think about this, too. When you talked about peace, what was the first thing we needed for peace? We needed the presence of God. Well, yeah. oftentimes the presence of God in our lives is the presence or, or comes to us through the conduit or the delivery system of the presence of a person, a person of God, a person who knows God. And Joe Swales was exactly that. Joe Swales was one of those guys that he was so full of wisdom, but it came down through this humble, uh, day-to-day, practical, loving, jovial. We laughed. We, I worked with Joe mm-hmm. at the college. And I know what you're saying. I watched him with the lives of, of uh, people, myself included, probably mentored me more than I know, but it was more caught than taught, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So presence, mm-hmm. uh, I like to think in terms of, uh, I call them when I was a youth pastor, uh, I didn't need adults who would be teachers. That was kind of what we thought, you know. We don't need mentors necessarily. Yes, they're going to teach and train us, but that's really not the predominant thing. Before there's any of that, there's that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a little bit older, what we have to do is, I told the, the youth workers, I need adult Guarantors. Now, that wasn't original to me. Uh, I think it came from J. David Stone. And he said, I need adults who will guarantee these kids a relationship. Well, as a mentor or a mentee, the people around us need 
um, other adults, other friends who would just kind of come alongside them, do life together, and not be rattled by whatever's going on in their lives, the relationship. Yeah. And one of our dear friends, Lee Grady, uh, who will be on our show in the future, uh, he he and I spent time together um, recently at the um, ministries convention that I was talking to you about the, that I spoke on. Well, after I talked uh, that morning, then Lee spoke after I did, and it, it was it was it was so wonderful. But even before he spoke, before I spoke, we met together for breakfast and spoke yeah. to one another. He had his he had uh, a young man with him who he is now mentoring. And Lee and I were able to sit at the table and have breakfast together and remember our conversations. And, and then when I made that third point about how we need people around us, I went over to Lee and I made him stand up and I used him as an example of those times when we were living in Orlando, Florida, and we would meet every month. We would meet uh, for breakfast and then we would take a prayer walk together. And uh, we were walking along beside each other. So it's not only those that I'm mentoring, those that he's mentoring, or those that are mentoring us. Sometimes it's like Paul and Barnabas. We're walking along together and learning life together. You know, the thing I hear there, not only it's, is it presence, um, but it's also time. Yeah. You set aside time. And Lee is a perfect example of someone, well, he would say I'm not a perfect example, but he's a very strong and good example of someone who intentionally pours into young men uh, just by being there present with them, uh, spending time or investing yeah. time with them. So that's another thing that, that as mentors, people, I think of, of my youth pastor, Frank who I, we didn't have a whole lot in common, Chris. He, was, uh, we, he wasn't a musician. He wasn't, but he was my youth pastor. But he made times, he showed, he did it this way. He showed interest in things that interested me. And he would show up to support me if I was playing a, a trumpet solo with a marching band. He was always there. Or if he would just show up at our house, Mama would invite him over for lunch. And I'm thinking, Mama, you're ruining my cool factor because Frank wasn't all that cool. He was like tall and skinny and had a deep southern accent. And I was trying to be a rock and roll star. So, I mean, what is up with that? But as much as I felt like I didn't want him around me, my soul craved that time with him because he met me where he, where I was, but he saw more in me than I saw in myself. And right. I think we just stumbled yeah. onto something else. And how can we become better at doing that? As, as, we, as we notice potential in someone or we see giftings in them or, or we see struggles in them, how can we become better at mentoring them by mentioning those specific areas and, and encouraging them to grow and develop in those strengths or to, or to work on those areas of weakness? Uh, what are some practical suggestions on that? Well, let me give you an example from just uh, very, very recently. Uh, you know, I was on a choir tour, and one of the kids on this tour, I say kid, he's, he's now 18. He's just graduated. He's phenomenally talented. And his father is on staff here at the church I serve, and uh, he has led a lot of our uh, fine arts youth ministry teams. And during the course of this whole thing, uh, now I have lunch with him every Tuesday, 
And during that time, we hang out. I don't feel like I'm, there have been times I've gotten in my car to drive away from those times thinking, I don't know if I invested anything of any value into him at all. It didn't feel like a mentoring time. It didn't feel formal at all. Uh, but I was always authentic and real, and we just hung together, and it wasn't, it didn't always have to be heavy, and sometimes it was, it was significant, but more times than not, it was just personal, it was just real, and it was just a friendship. Well, he was tired, and his voice got tired, and I'd never heard him, and he's got such amazing talent. I remember, I just felt led of the Spirit of the Lord just to go over to him, I pulled him aside, and I said, hey, buddy, some of the people I admire the most are older. I said, let me think, in his fear of influence, I thought, you know, let's talk about a vocalist. I thought about Tony Bennett, the amazing jazz. He's my favorite jazz singer. And I saw him in a concert when he was 80 years old, and he was incredible. But I remember walking away. Now, he's 94 and has Alzheimer's. I'd read an article and heard his wife talk about that. But he still sings. He can't remember where his coffee cup was, but he can sing all the lyrics to all the songs. He has rehearsals. But he doesn't have the same capacity that he had when he was 50 or 60 or even 70 or when I saw him at 80. But I said to him, listen, Caleb, the thing that I get out of this is, listen, you don't have your whole voice, but use what you have. The thing he does well is he doesn't. He just stays in his lane. He knows he can do this, do that well. And then, oh my goodness, when he led worship that day, I've never seen him. He had less voice much less voice. He didn't have the range, and, but he didn't try to do it. it he listened to me. I, I thought, oh my goodness. And he was so good, not because I said something to him, but because he took that little bit and he employed it. And when he did, it was like God helped him, and he was amazing. And after it was over, I couldn't wait to get to him. I tear up thinking about that, just to say, buddy, that was so good. I've never seen you better. And I could tell it meant something to him. Well, it meant the world to me too. Yeah. Don't you love it? Those times when we are able to see someone that we've spent time with or mentored or encouraged, and we see them able to use their giftings, to use their talent in a positive way. And we're like, yes, they're going to make a positive difference in this world. Oh, nothing better. Nothing better. But what are some other things that people have poured into us uh, I know we, earlier where we talked about how, well, sometimes there's advice, sometimes there is, you know, and I guess that was a bit of advice to him yesterday, but I almost never give him advice, it seems like. It's just more, I guess, the, the old tired phrase, it's more caught than it is taught. We just observe it, and there's those teachable moments, like when, and when they happen, I have to be, well, I guess if I'm thinking in terms of, okay, what can I... Uh, I'm watching their life carefully so that I can provide just that little bit of encouragement, maybe a, a little bit of, of, of input, a tweak here, a tweak there to help them get a little bit better at what they're doing. Um, and sometimes, every once in a while, there's a corrective. There's a time when when they'll they'll do something, they'll step out of their lane, or maybe it wasn't what they did, it was the way they did or the way they said it. Or maybe they dropped the ball in something in our relationship, or uh, like he was late for a meeting, or didn't hadn't done the the work that we agreed he was going to do, uh, and I just have to say, hey, listen, dude, I know you. you I got to remind you, you said you would do this. Uh, not my favorite part, but there's some correctives there. What are some other things that that you see that mentors do for us that we should do for other people? Yeah, 
another good question. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, just like you, I like to think of stories and examples. Um, but um, I think over the years, I'm just trying to say less, mm. you know, ask more questions to those that I'm mentoring, speak less, and, and get to know them better. Uh, I recently met with a young man who's pastoring for the first time. And he he was he just felt desperate to talk to me, and we're sitting there having lunch, and I mean I was I was ready to ask, but I wanted to give him some time and space just to to be with me and and uh, let him initiate uh, the topic. And as he began talking, it was difficult for him to talk, you know, because there are times in whatever leadership role we may be in where it's tough. You know, yeah. relationships are tough. I've emphasized the importance of people. Uh, and that peace of the Lord being a part of the people in our lives, but we know that brings tension and stress. Mm. But I was I was listening to him, and I mean, there was one part of him that wanted to say, Pastor Chris, what should I do? And me give a quick answer. But that was surface. You know, the deeper part of him wanted to be able to unload all of his feelings to me, and me just to listen mm. and to be. Not to do anything then, but to be, to be there with him, to eat with him, to cry with him, and mm-hmm. to to just tell him, man, I'm, I'm sorry you're going, I'm sorry you're going through this, and and I was, I, I was sorry he was going through that, and honestly, there was there was no solution to right. hand him. There right. was there was nothing he needed to do differently, other than. Just continue doing what he was doing. Talk it yeah. out to the right place, not carry it. And, and and then you know, toward the end, I was able to say, okay, you know, don't let your sermon topics be be controlled by your mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't 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 be controlled by how others respond. And you know, practical advice like that. Right. But before I was able to make any of those suggestions, it was. Just tell me what's going on, and then listen to him tell me those stories. I think you gave him two things. You gave him safety. Yeah. You gave him a safe place, a non-judgmental zone, where he could share that knowing. I mean, the the beauty of that, the compliment to you, is that he felt okay to do that. He mm-hmm. felt uh, confident that he could share, knowing that you weren't going to go broadcast that anywhere. Uh, you were going, and even here, and I know you so well, you are one of the very best at guarding confidences. Uh, and, I, and I'm so close to you, but you are so careful to do that. And I admire and respect that so much. But I think what that provides for guys like this is a sense of safety. You're a safe place. But not only that they can share it and not get judgment, but they're not going to feel like um, ashamed. Mm-hmm. Because they're also going to get empathy, yeah. Where you feel his pain in your heart—that's so good. And it's important for those that that we're around and those that we are mentoring to truly believe that we believe in them. Oh, that's good. And it's like, hey, others may not, but we can believe. Yes, we can believe. And what an example—the <laughs> example of Jesus. I mean, he, he, he picked and chose his disciples that would be like the unlikely candidates <laughs> in today's market. Uh, uh, when I spoke uh, recently and, and gave those points about peace that we talked about in a previous broadcast, I, I used two of the poems from my book, Embracing Now. And, uh, and, and we 
did, we showed a video, as I was talking, we showed a video of one of those poems. It's all I can do. And it's that, you know, I couldn't fully understand what that other person is going through. But all I could do was just be there with them. And the poem uh, is just telling the story of, if this is all I can do, this is what I'll do. I'll, I'll be with you. And then the and then the second then I ended with with the poem which is a little uh, controversial, <laughs> Jesus and a platform, mm. and I ended with that because I wanted to remind all of those who are listening that Jesus was not controlled by the marketing, by the latest scheme, by the agenda, but He was there to love the people. Um, and to me, Tracy, that's what Next Step Leadership is about. Yeah, it's it's. It's leading by loving. It's mentoring with with compassion and true care. And it's just living that life. And I believe if we do that and become better at it, um, we will live this life of letting our next step be our best step. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Hey, do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Follow them on Instagram at Casual Americans. And new music is coming soon. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.